Welcome, everybody, to another and last edition of A, a Community of Culture, The Black Perspective. Um, I'm Otis Evergirl. I have Brandon Sims here with me and Imani McGill. How are you guys feeling today, and how do you guys feel that this is our last episode? I'm sad. I know. I'm very sad. There's so much we have didn't get to talk about, but right? I guess there's next year, which yeah. is so stupid. We have to wait a whole another year to do this. <sighs> I mean, I can talk to the higher ups. You can, you can figure out something. Black History Year. Yeah. <laughs> Black History Year. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but yeah. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week, I, I think we this week we talked about three topics that are are fairly big in the Black community. Um, you know, starting on Tuesday, Imani wrote a column about interracial um, interracial couples and the scrutiny that they face. And I kind of want to read a paragraph of Imani's column because it made sense. In the last line, uh, <laughs> it'll it'll make you think. Black women in relationships with white men must must often bear the brunt of a lot of unfair criticisms, whereas black men are often encouraged to date white women by each other and society at large. A black woman dating a white man is perceived as a sellout. White women are viewed as the pinnacle of womanhood and are often seen as part of success for black men. It seems that if white women are the prize at the top of the ladder, black women are the rungs that are used to climb it. I love that. <laughs> black women are the rungs used to climb it. Explain yourself. Um... Well, you know, I just feel like there's, um, whenever I was writing this, I I read a lot of columns and, um, I don't know, just kind of like gathered other people's opinions just to make sure I wasn't like, well, this is how it goes, you know, but in a lot of the um, things that I read and in my personal life that I've seen is just kind of like, I don't know, it's like a trade-up. I feel like people consider mm -hmm. it as kind of like a trade-up and like... There's a lot of successful black guys that kind of, you know, their mm -hmm. black girl that was down with them, you know, while while it was rough and held them down or whatever, and they got traded in for yeah. a lighter model, mm -hmm. <laughs> so to speak. So that's kind of, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't want to say it happens all the time, but I feel like it happens enough that it's something worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I agree. I see that a lot of times, <clears throat> especially in, like, the media and stuff. I know with Best Man Holiday, there was, like, that meme that went around. Mm -hmm. There's, like, uh, sisters say they want a guy, like, from Best Man Holiday, like, the people like that. Yeah. And then at the bottom of the show, like, three out of the four guys were married to, like, white women. <laughs> I think one of them was married to an Asian woman. <clears throat> so you definitely do see that as kind of as you go higher up, then you see, like, oh... The women tend to get lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? You yeah. know, NBA players and just everything. I don't. It's kind of. It's hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. It's um yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Status symbol maybe. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh you know inter interracial couples do face scrutiny, but I think we're not talking about the bigger deal. I think it's who. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh. It's black men and white women. Let's 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 face it. Let's be real here. Uh, it's not. Um, it's not. I know Imani alluded to white men and black women, but I feel like you don't see that commonly mm -hmm. as much as you see the black man and, and white woman. For sure. And I think it demoralizes and degrades black women to a T because I think even white men and Imani and I discussed this because there was something in her comment she said about how minority men are starting to chase the white woman and. Uh, 
uh, what is it, minority women are going after white men or white men are going after the minority yeah, yeah, women, yeah, which I told her, you know, I, I don't just, dis- I disagree with that because I think white men too know that they don't want to, I don't want to say deal with black women, but they don't, that's not what they want, mm-hmm. you know, and black men realize that too. And I think it's because black men look at it this way is, and this is going to sound rough, but, you know, we, we're honest here, mm-hmm. is that I think black men look at black women and say, hey, this is trouble. You know, she's not going to say yes to me all the time. She's not going to do certain things I want her to do. It's Can't gonna, always touch her hair. Right. It's exactly. It's going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, black men, the attitude towards white women is, I don't want to say white women are easy, but it's like a yes, yes mm-hmm. guy mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll do this, they'll do that or whatever. Um, and, you know, it is very stereotypical, <clears throat> but I think that's what men see in white women. Mm-hmm. And then they see black women and they say the attitudes there, the hair, the the lingo, the way they go about things, um, you know, is just different. And I think, I just think it's unfair to black women, clearly. But I think men have to realize that, again, you shouldn't be judged on the color of your skin and the stereotypes that's along with those colors of skins, but by the content of that person's character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because white women, you know, they can get, they can get loud, they can get obnoxious, mm-hmm. they can be irresponsible as well. And I think, I just think that something needs to be changed. I don't know what it is. I don't know if we need to look internally, if we need to look externally, but clearly something needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, as for your, uh, you said some. What did you say? White men don't want to deal with black women or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. From what I've, because I, I do frequent a lot of African American websites and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and so forth, <laughs> and I do uh, engage in discourse with uh, some people. And from what I find, actually, black women don't like white men. I've like, I, I have so many female friends. I'm like. Would you ever? And then they're like, oh, honey, no. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't do the pink. Whenever I talked mm. about. <laughs> I'll do the pink. <laughs> Whenever I talked about. Um, I couldn't. I When I was writing this column, I had a lot of trouble phrasing the words the way I wanted to. So that was my bad. But whenever I was talking about, like, um, white men and black women I, I i met more in the fetishized sense yeah, yeah. and less Definitely. in the i didn't want it to be like well you know black women are just chasing the white guys down it's it's. It i feel like happen. it's a little more like well that's what's left so yeah it's kind of like, like you know because especially in recent years <clears throat> i know i was looking at some statistics uh mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and it showed like the difference between like back in like the early 80s it was like uh what for every I don't know how to word it, but like one hundred and something uh thousand black women were married to white men compared to like the three hundred some thousand or it was just one hundred something and three hundred something in disparity between like black women with white men and black men with white women, but nowadays it's like almost even like black women are like one. 20 something and then black men are like 170 something so you definitely see it like closing up because like you said it's like <clears throat> you know 52 percent of the black workforce are women and then two-thirds out of every black college student are female so once these women are rising to these ranks it's like okay there's not that many black men here so and i also I think part of that might be like um even if like Cause I um, follow some blogs that are like pro, like black. It's B 
BWWM, black women, mm-hmm. white men, um, those type of relationships, just because there's also such a, not like such a, but there's still like a stigma attached to it. Like I talked about Tien Tamara and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're not even dark. They're lighter girls. And like, that's still, it's still, um, mm-hmm. you know, people call them, what is it? I was yeah, called, they called Tamara, Tamara the white man's whore. Yeah. yeah. And they um, said, oh, I didn't write this because I, it was kind of rough, but they also said like, you know, back in the day, he would have paid three hundred dollars yeah. for you, and now you're giving it away giving to away to free. him for free. Yeah. And, like, and like you said, then lighter skin, but not even that. Their dad is white and their mom is black. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but you know, of course, in America, you know, if you're mixed with black, you're black. I don't black. know. I've dated white guys, and like, sometimes it's fine, and sometimes it's just like, like you know, we live in Texas. I live in a very. I'm from a very suburban town. Like it is what it is. But like. I, da- I dated a black guy before I dated that white guy, and it was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It was <laughs> more people gave us like a, like a side eye. And yeah, I was just like, what? Do you think it's more of a side eye and more of just like, oh, you don't see that too often? Sometimes it'd be like, oh, y'all are such a cute couple. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it'd just be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I was yeah. watching True Life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One time they had like a couple like that a, a black woman and a white man. And it was like, you know. Not to be stereotyped, uh, let's be honest, she wasn't like you, yeah. you know, suburban, you know, she was she was a stripper and she was, you know, kind of uh, urban, as they like to say, urban, quote unquote. <laughs> She's with this white guy and then it showed them like walking down the street and then the black guys were just like me mugging her or me mugging him actually and just like, yeah. hey baby, what's up? Like, And she'll be like, oh, this is my boyfriend and they just totally look past the white guy like, oh no, you don't need to be with that, what's up girl, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like, I... Definitely, I've seen it too many times, what mm-hmm. you said about black women being perceived as sellouts when mm-hmm. they're with white men. <clears throat> and then with black men, it's kind of like, oh, just get you a white woman. Everyone's doing it. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of, even I, I wouldn't, because in the column you said that it's black women and white men get more of a stigma. But I, I actually think that black men get more of a stigma with mm-hmm. white women in the general society, like, yeah. <clears throat> especially in the South, you know, white the quote-unquote good old boys, you know, see a black man with a white woman, and then it's like, oh, this kind of point of contention. But there, it's a different kind of stigma that black women get when they're with white men, mm-hmm. but it's not more force, like it's not as dangerous, I would say. Yeah. I think uh, you guys make excellent points. <laughs> I think there's a deeper, deeper root to it. I think when you can't have something you can't have for generations, yeah. it looks more Thank appealing. You the more, you know, exposed you are yeah. to it. And I think that's that's what it stems for for a lot of black men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's frowned upon for a long time to date someone that's not of your skin color mm-hmm. or of your uh, ethnicity or heritage or whatever. But now it, it's more accepting, and for a while you couldn't do it, but now you can do it, mm-hmm. so you want to do yeah. it, you know. Um, and I think, you know, as a, as, a, as a black guy who has dated, you know, various races, I think uh, for me... And don't take this the wrong way, but I, when I come when it comes to a person of the opposite sex, it's not or just dating anyone in general. To me, it's not. I'm not looking at oh you're black that's cool. I'm looking I'm looking past the color situation mm-hmm. and being like, do you work for me or do you not? And uh, and I think some and I think sometimes too to be fair to some black men, I think sometimes they do that too as well. Sometimes you know it's a white girl that does, you know 
help a little bit you know it doesn't work for you or maybe it is a black girl that that works for you or whatever so you know i think sometimes they do take that into consideration i don't think most of the time they do i think most of the time it's for the image i think it's for the perception and i think you know in the black community we like to brag a little bit and i think to be a black man and and have a white girl as your girlfriend i think for some guys it's almost like screw you that that to the white man Mm -hmm. and i've done it yeah Yeah. like so yeah it's that prize at the top that you talk about and unfortunately black women are the rungs to 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 getting that prize at the top and it's unfortunate you know and i i agree with brandon i don't think i think black men and white women that's more of a stigma than anything Mm -hmm. um i think because i think it's because as a man like there's just something about a guy being like guys are more the leaders in the relationship like it's or you know stereotypically like they're the ones that are supposed to take charge and stuff so i think Mm -hmm. for a white woman to be under subject to a black guy i think it's kind of like oh i don't know about all that you know what i'm saying like i'm not trying to say that you should be under subject to them that's not what i'm saying but i'm just saying that in a relationship you know that's how it's perceived to see the you know the guys making all the decisions and stuff like that with black women and white men i'll tell you i'll be honest from from perspective it's more like you don't see that too often Mm -hmm. because if you look if you think about a lot i grew up in a white neighborhood i grew up in a white town and uh, all the white guys that i know as friends I can't imagine any of them dating a black girl. Exactly, it, yeah. Because it's just, it's different, mm-hmm. you know? It's just not, it's not something they do. And, you know, white guys are the ones that'll say, hey, Carrie Washington looks good for a black woman. Well, you out your mind. Carrie Washington look good for any woman, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, it is a fine line. Interracial relationships is just, is, is, is just really interesting topic to talk mm-hmm. about because I think there's so many deep-rooted issues mm-hmm. that we have to put our finger on, and it's just like you just don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say also whenever I was doing research for this, not like research, but like just looking up like um, stuff online about it, I found an AMA, which is <coughs> like uh, like question and answer type of thing on Reddit, and it was like um, like – white guys that date black girls like what have your experiences been and like and like um some of the white guys on there were just like talking about how they like actively seek out black girls but it wasn't because like of their culture or whatever it was like because i like something to hold on to or whatever and i was Mm -hmm. like ah so the the sex aspect of it yeah i was gonna yeah touch on that in your column as far as what otis was saying about white guys you wouldn't see them your friends from the neighborhood you grew up in with black women, what I've noticed in my discourse and on these African-American <laughs> blogs <laughs> and talking to people, <clears throat> it's like a, as you said in your column, Imani, it's like a fetishization. Yeah, mm-hmm. fetishization. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I, oh, I've never done that before. Like, I've never been with a black girl. Like, how does that go? And, mm-hmm. you know, I've wanted, to, I've always had a fan. Like, it's kind of like this fantasy. Like, you know, they see it as, like, this forbidden fruit and, like, this, like, it's fine. I'm like go back with uh, that thing that I mentioned a couple weeks ago when Oprah had that discourse with those African American mm-hmm. actresses, and Gabrielle Union was talking about because she grew up in a white neighborhood too, and she was talking about how uh, you know going to high school uh, there would mainly be white guys. There wasn't too many black guys around, and she would be dating them or talking not dating but talking to them, and they'd you know they'd kiss her, they'd want to do other things with her. 
but she she was like, but they never would let me go to their house. They'll never take me home. They never want to be seen with me. They just wanted me to be like this secret for them. And that really hurt her. So I think it's kind of, they'll sleep with you, they'll kiss you, they'll hook up with you. But it's like, will they date you? Will they marry you? It's kind. Of, it's still kind of like a, a step down for some some white guys see it that way, at least from women of color, I think have are typically hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem. Like, um, yeah, because they, because I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. W- women of color usually have the bigger breasts. They usually are wider in the hips. They, women of color meaning black women. Yeah, black women. Yeah, that's true. Asian women. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that is a good well, I mean, Asian or women are hypersexualized yeah. by white guys. But I mean, what um, Otis is oh, saying, like, yeah, they're okay, not yeah, yeah. For, you know, hips oh, yeah. Stuff I mean, like yeah. That. No, I agree with you. I mean, we don't want to stereotype mm-hmm. anything, but you know, this is black woman. You, you're bigger in the bus. You're wider in the hips, and I think there are certain things, you know, sexual body parts that are more appealing to um, men, you know, just in general, and I think that's why women of color are hypersexualized a lot, like the way they are, um, and it's unfortunate. I wish it wasn't like that, but mm-hmm. it is true, and, and this topic is just, there's so many things that we could, we could do about this topic, because I think just trying to find the right person in yeah. life for you, you know, the fact that you have to take into account skin color and heritage and ethnicity mm-hmm. and where they're from, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of ludicrous to me. But, you know, that's why our generation is different. You know, that's why our generation is is more accepting to it. And I think, you know, once we become adults and we have kids as well, you start to root out some <coughs> of the racism and the ignorance mm-hmm. and, the, and the tunnel vision when it mm-hmm. comes to finding the right person for you. But, you know, I kind of want to I, I want to talk about white privilege. Uh-huh. Because Brandon, Brandon was really, uh, he made some interesting points. I never really thought about white privilege the way. I heard a couple of feelings, too. Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, uh, I love reading excerpts from their columns because they're just so fun. And this is how Brandon closed out his his column. And I, and I thought it packed a punch, and I thought it was the point said, essentially, white privilege is a driver cruising down a straight and smooth road without knowing it. When they... and when they end up going faster and farther than others, they think it is because they are just more adept drivers. The truth is everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone else has been driving on a gravel path full of potholes and other obstacles. Tony Morrison said it best. The soil is bad for certain kind of flowers. If you are not a white, uh, Gardenia. Gardenia. I don't know why I was about to say something else. It was a joke from like high school and I was about to really mess that up. Uh, Gardenia. You have to work twice as hard, uh, work twice as hard to grow just as tall. Uh, I think that, I think that hit pinpoint the message you were trying to get across. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, it, yeah. It definitely um, that the quote from T- Toni Morrison was from her book, The Bluest Eye, which is one of uh, you read it. Uh, yes, my we mother like introduced it to me, and it's that just book a, grounds me. Uh. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing book. Everyone should check it out. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just that quote always like stuck to me, and it was I don't like I cry just hearing it sometimes because it's just like ah oh, that's so true. So yeah, I just wanted to incorporate that in some column, and it worked perfectly with this, um, and so did the analogy about the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked, I liked the thing that I liked about your column is you were like, listen, 
you're just like, listen, I like that you broke down like white privilege, like this paragraph where you're like, being able to do well without being called a credit to your race is white privilege. I was like, ugh, <laughs> like that, yes. And I, I don't know, I like that you were like, um, you said something, I can't remember, but you, I'm not making any sense, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you said like, basically you were like, the white privilege thinks like, um, you know, that just means being treated nicely by mm -hmm. everyone and that's not what it's about. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you yeah, made that distinction. Yeah. People um, get so yeah. like up they in get arms the minute it. you hear they say the term they're like that doesn't exist. I know, and it's like, and I'm like, I'm probably the bad guy on this whole podcast because every week <laughs> I think that some white person or something. Sorry, but um, like from s discussions I've had with them, like you know, when we talk about white privilege, then it's like, oh, how dare you? I've worked hard to get where I am. No one handed me anything, and blah blah. It's like. Okay, that's like, like I said, in the, you're like creating a straw man argument because I never said that. You're just creating something totally different so you can easily discredit it and prove it wrong. No one's saying you never worked hard. No one's saying <coughs> that, you know, Uncle Sam just handed you like, here you go, you're a white person, here's a million dollars, have fun. No one's saying that. It's just there are certain things that you're afforded in this society, in this race-based society, because let's get real, America was bred and created on racism. Mm -hmm. So, of course... And I said in the column, you know, mm -hmm. a system created by racist, powdered wig wearing white men is definitely going to favor a specific demographic of people. Like you can't be that ignorant. Like seriously. Um, also, I've I don't know. I've I've talked about this with people and um, that I'm friends with, and they've just been like, I've had people be like, well, instead of like arguing that white privilege doesn't exist, they'll just be like, well, pointing that out doesn't help. Yes, it does. Yeah, like, yeah. Cause like, the first step to fixing your problem, it's not, like, a problem, but, like, you have to acknowledge that it's there. Like, mm -hmm. that's okay. my whole thing. Like, when people are like, that's not a thing. Just, like, no one is blaming you. It's not your fault. You were born. Like, you didn't control that. None of us control that. But, yeah. like, it's just, it's important to acknowledge that that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, like, recognize your privilege and just, you know, don't invalidate my experience <coughs> in this country as a black person because I hate when you're like having discussions about race or something like that and then a white person would just be like well no I don't see it like that y'all have blah blah and it's like oh hold up you just stepped over so many lines mm -hmm. don't talk about what I've had what I've experienced you don't know you're not black you can't speak on my experience you can the best thing you can do is sit in the corner and be quiet because you don't know anything about this. And, like, that's my biggest thing with, like, this whole white privilege thing is just, like, the ability to be, have have the distinction of being an individual and yeah. not being, like, a, like, oh, you speak so well mm -hmm. for a black girl. Like I said, like, white people are able nice. to have nuance in everything they say and do. Mm -hmm. They can, you know, it's like, oh, like I said last week, oh, that's just Rebecca, that's just Tommy. Mm -hmm. It's not just, like, oh, you know them blacks. And I really liked what you said about um, not being asked, like, so what's the black perspective know, yeah. question in class? And these are, like, college classes. Yeah. Not, <laughs> you know, when I'm pre-K, I'm like, well, you're African-American, Brandon, so how do your people feel about this? It's like, um... It, it doesn't matter how many black people are there. It always feels like you're mm -hmm. the only one, like, I don't know. Oh, no, Like, don't in history, we were going over, uh... 
uh, post-Civil War reconstruction, and mm-hmm. then I was just sitting there like, oh, here we go again. Right? Like, okay, everybody, yep. Every time me. we talk about this stuff, I'm <laughs> just like, all right, here we go. And then he was, like, myself. talking about lynchings, and uh, he played Billie Holiday's uh, Strange Fruit, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that was perfect. Like, I was the only person who knew about it, and everyone just looked at me. I was like... Yep. Otis, you've been very quiet. You have anything to say? <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is fun to me. This is y'all going back and forth. You know, I, I, it's a different perspective for me on, on white privilege. Um, you know, I never really thought about, you know, uh, stuff, credit to your race. And really, you know, sometimes people being like, oh, so what does your people think about it and mm-hmm. stuff like that? You don't think twice about it. You just honestly think that certain people are asking because they do want to know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But sometimes it is true, you know, some people don't understand, like, you know, being black is a hardship Mm -hmm. (laughs) in itself, yet alone some of the circumstances that some people do grow up with. Um, You know, white privilege is there, and for people that don't think it's not there, that's just really stupid. Uh, You know, like you said, I think the greatest point you've made so far is that think about what this country was founded on. Mm -hmm. We drove Native Americans from their land, so that way we can inhabit it. We brought Africans over here so they could work for us for free and punish them if they weren't doing a good job. So clearly a white man's point of view has been in this culture and been integrated, you know, for generations, you know, so it's definitely there. But a question I wanted to ask you is that you said the term white privilege refers to the often unspoken advantages that white people may not recognize they have. What do you mean by unspoken advantages? Because it's not it's not something that's like. Like it goes, like in the article, I also say one of the key components of white privilege is, um, what did I say? To, uh, mm-hmm. One of the key components of white privilege is not knowing that you have white privilege. It's being ignorant to the privilege that you do have because you uh, superimpose your experience as normal and everything else as exceptional. So you see from the white point of view and like, oh, everyone's treated like this. Oh, everyone's, you know. Like, one of the more superficial things, I added, like, flesh-colored uh, Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> that won't match me. Drugstore makeup. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they have, like, 20 different shades of white. Um, so it's just, like, unspoken, uh, just things that, you know, you probably don't see every day. You're not conscious about it. And that's fine. Like I said in the... In the uh, article it's it's you don't have to be racist to benefit from white privilege it's just something that is like it's not your fault yeah like acknowledging that that's there doesn't make you racist Mm -hmm. i think basically white privilege is just no one drawing attention to the fact that you're white Mm -hmm. like yeah that mm -hmm. for i feel like for every regardless any other minority it's just like that's something that comes up even you could be doing the most you know um regular things and I feel like that's something that'll come up and and then like a black guy you know or a black person like singing mm-hmm. is like oh you know them black people let us sing uh, Asian kid you know studying oh you know they always in the library yeah. you know Latino person speaking English do they I mean Spanish oh that's they can't mm-hmm. speak English but then a white person is like oh Tommy doing something yeah. you know they, they're they not cool. yeah <laughs> they're not uh defined by stereotypes they just are what yeah. stereotypes because they're even I mean not stereotypes but like I also like when um I feel like in the discussion of white privilege also a lot of things come up about like um like names as far as like derogatory terms go mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like well what could you possibly what's the most harmful thing you could call a white person I know, you know? it's like 
I hate when they always, uh, here I go, hate <laughs> me. Um, how they always just like, oh, I don't get offended when people call me a, a hillbilly or a cracker. So why are y'all offended when people call you the N-word? It's like those Oh, I'm sorry. When you have a word that has comparable. like. Comparable. I just, that's the only thing that irks me. And like, I have no room to budge on that. And I'm sure that's a little ignorant. But like, no, there's no word for white people that can even begin to compare to like the weight that that, that word carries. Like, I just. I know. I mean, the history of Cracker was basically, you know. Crack of the whip. Yeah, the crack of the whip. Uh-oh, here comes Cracker because he's the master that, mm-hmm. you know, whipped the blood. So it's like, it's not even a, it doesn't even have a horrible, I mean, it has a horrible history, but not for them. So it's like, like I said, the best thing you can do is sit in the corner and just acknowledge and shake your head as we have a discourse about something that we've experienced because you know nothing I also it. think a lot of people when it comes to white privilege are like, they expect, I think that they think that we expect them to like be like, I'm sorry that that happened. <laughs> yes. Like, like we want reparations. I had a friend, um, and like this friend always calls me late at night, so it was fine, but it was like two in the morning, and I, I don't sleep much, so I was up, and he was like, I just watched 12 Years a Slave. <sighs> and like, the thing with me, and like, I, I like to educate myself on those type of things, but I get really emotional about mm-hmm. it. Like, it tears me up for weeks. So, like, I was like, I haven't seen it. I still, to this day, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know what it's about. I know what happened, but I, ca- I just can't watch it. Anyways, he called me, and he was just like, I just saw 12 Years a Slave. And I was like, yeah? He was like, he, he like, he started, he's like, I'm, and he, like, started to say, I'm sorry. And I was like, nope, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing I need you to do. And he's like, it was rough. Like, he's like, He's like, prepare yourself. Like, that was, it's rough. And I was just like, ah, yes, thank you. I wasn't expecting to see slavery and cruelty (laughs) in 12 years a slave. But now that you said, you know, I was just like, I don't know. I just, we're not wanting an apology from you. We just need you to acknowledge that it's there. That's all. And try and combat it. Yeah. Some way, something. Like, have you seen the, um... Jane, I think her name is Lynch. The blue eye, brown eye lady. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's this um, woman. I th- I know her first name is Jane. I can't remember what her last name is. I'm just going to say, no, Jane Lynch is an actress. Yeah, I'm so great. sorry. Um, I can't remember what her name is, but it was like the day after she's a teacher and the day after. You I know, know what I'm talking, talking about? about? Yes, the yeah. like, old white lady who yes. did that um, college thing where she like. Like, okay, y'all are going to be blue eyes, y'all are going to be brown yeah, eyes. Yeah, it started in her classroom yes, yes, the day yes, after yes, yes. the Martin Luther Martin Luther King was assassinated um, because her kids didn't understand what it meant. They understood, like, that black people discriminated against, and, you know, she just basically did this awesome experiment, and it was like, for the first day, all the people, because I don't remember where she was from, but it was, like, somewhere in the South, and so, like, mm-hmm. all the kids in the class, of course, were white, and so... Um, it was like all the people with brown eyes for one day had to wear like collars and she would they would be like oh well you know if a kid with a brown eye made a mistake be like well you know those brown eyes they're not Mm -hmm. as smart as us blue eyes and it's just this amazing experiment she did it started with her classroom um she's i don't know if she's still alive but yeah um, yeah okay yeah for like the rest you know up until now i think she goes to colleges and um she did this with prison um guards like in training she and you know it's just astounding every Mm. time especially with the older people like adults um and they just react so yeah um 
uh, there was this um, one in particular I saw, and I think it was College Kids. And uh, come up from the nineties. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Have he? Was it like? Wasn't it like one white girl was like? Um, she started crying. Yeah. Yeah. She was she's like, like, I, I don't, can't take this. Yeah. And then she got up and left. And then she's like, You see, that's that's the difference in this experiment, you know. And there's like some black kids and some like Latino people in there too. And she's like, They can't just get up and walk out when things get too hard. But she can and uh-huh. then the white girl she was like outside she's she like i don't want to do this yeah anymore. she like tried to come back and she was like you're not going to come back until you apologize mm-hmm. she's like i'm not going to apologize for being white and she's like that's not what you're apologizing for you're apologizing for being disrespectful yeah yeah i don't it's know a very it just, interesting. And, it's, and it's interesting because she also talked about um she was like i know that my white um the teacher jane she's like i know that my white privilege is there she's like i know and acknowledge that and i try and come back that as much mm-hmm. as i can i don't know I think that's a perfect way to end the white privilege segment. I'm not joking. I think when you hear that story about Mm -hmm. the white girl getting up crying and saying, I don't want to do this anymore, I think that right there epitomizes white privilege. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can get up and, hey, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Hey, black folk, Hispanic folk, some of these folks can't do that. Mm -hmm. They're born with it. Um, Something that I, you know, is going to be fun to talk about for a little bit is, I wrote a column for Thursday's paper, and I said, you know, pretty much, I think it wasn't what people were expecting. Um, (laughs) I wrote a column that basically said that, you know, it's cool that we have brought awareness to these issues. But for for, for me personally, I think that it's time that black people start to take responsibility of some of the circumstances they're in. Um, I think I wrote in there, I said, you know, it's a privilege and an honor to witness the first black man to uh, to be president, to be elected president. But what good does it do if a black uh, if a black if black people continue to still kill each other in Chicago and Detroit? Uh, what good are all these achievements if every, if every day more blacks find themselves in jail for robbing liquor stores and selling dope? Uh, what good is our success when black fathers continue to uh can you do adhere to all the negative stereotypes of failing to take care of their kids that they brought into the world? Um, you know, black people have got to start to come together. We've got to stick together. We've got to start destroying these stereotypes, and it starts by looking in the mirror. Um, that was my opinion. It's not popular in the black community, and I think part of the reason why it's not popular in the black community is because it's hard to hear the truth. Um, that is my opinion, and I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, no, Brandon and Monty, they've, they've already got on me for this, so that's cool. But I think sometimes it is difficult to hear the truth, especially when you're trying to be held accountable. Um, and, and we'll go from there. Um, okay. Well, the first thing that I take task with with this um, column, and sometimes, I don't know, just this column and, like, sometimes – whenever we are writing these, I feel like whenever you approach the lives of black people today, it's the very stereotypical approach. Like you talked about like mm-hmm. black people selling drugs and black people not having fathers and black people living in Chicago and Detroit. And you know, like, yes, that's there, that exists. Those people have lives, but the black, you know, we've talked about the black community is so much more diverse than just that. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's where I take task with it is because I feel like from what I've seen, like how I've lived my life compared to, and I also think this is a very generational approach because um, like my grandparents and my parents, 
they have a different view of the world growing up as black people than like you know we like our generation does and so i don't know i just kind of felt like it was very geriatric yeah yeah um I don't disagree that we have to take responsibility, but I disagree with the notion that we haven't started already. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also just, I don't know, it kind of felt like you were just like, well, these are all the stereotypes, so, like, basically don't do them. Mm -hmm. And, like, stereotypes are all rooted in truth, and, like, I'm not advocating for gangbanging or violence or whatever, but... um, I just think that... Basically, are you saying that he kind of uh, painted the black community with a broad brush, like, stereotypical kind of... It's not all like that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good things that are going... There are a lot of people who are aware of the stereotypes that are placed upon us and actively Mm -hmm. do better. They know better and they do better. Um, My mom used to say that to me all the time. Yes, my Angelou. Yeah, like... um, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I... I, Like, reading it, it was kind of like... I was just like, oh, I get it. And I kind of... I do agree with you when you said, you know, it's hard to hear the truth. Because I was like, okay... I agree, but mm-hmm. there's something that's just kind of like, hmm, there's something off about this. But even still, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Yeah. But um, I, I agree that, you know, we do need to look in the mirror and we do need to work on ourselves. But I think one of the very key points missing from, and you probably wouldn't have had room to include it anyway, so that's okay, is, you know, the history of everything that led <laughs> that led to you know, where we are today, there's a history <laughs> there's the history that goes into, you know, why we are disenfranchised the way we are and and, you know, I'm I'm the king of nuance, you know, there's nuance <laughs> to everything and it kinda got lost in the piece. It was just you know, I, I actually uh, texted Imani this. I was like it's it's kind of reads like a a a white person's view of black America. Just because of how basic it is. Not basic, like, in a rude way. But, um, like, okay, this is what I was talking about. When you said Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, and others did not fight only to have blacks wallow in self-pity. And I don't feel like our generation is doing that so much as that was kind of the mind, because I have grandparents on both sides of my family several different people who will very much have that mindset and it's very well why even try the man's just going to keep you down type Mm -hmm. of situation whereas with me my parents it's like well no you know we have to do better we have to you know on scandal she said you know and you talked about this dude work twice as hard to have half as much as they have kind of affects my white privilege yeah Yeah. and um i don't know i that's that's what i um took task with is i feel like you said, um... Just giving you a beating notice. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. Um, you can't use your circumstances. You can't be like, well, I'm black, so why even try? Or, But I also think, like, um, also you said something about, like, don't settle for being a rapper or a singer or... Oh, yeah. Um, individuals need to dream of being more than just ball players and singers, but, like, 
for a lot of people, that's all that they want to do. But it feels like, um, I don't know, like we're black and we should be better. But like some people just want to be singers and entertainers mm-hmm. or rappers, you know, I don't know. I, just, I think I think the reason why the black community is like that, that they want to be singers, entertainers is because that's what's perceived to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what they think is the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you guys' opinions, you know, clearly. Uh, you know, it's always fun to hear it, but I disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I think the black community, especially in today, uh, Barack Obama did not grow up with his father. Mm-hmm. Remember, his father was black. Uh, he was actually an African man. Yeah. And in Africa, you know, me being Nigerian, if you're a father that can't take care of your kid, you're excommunicated. Mm-hmm. It's not even it's not even a question. You bring a kid into this world, you're mm-hmm. supposed to love that kid. You're supposed to do whatever. And he became president. Um, there's no more excuses. Yeah. There's no more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think um, I disagree with you. I don't think it comes from a white man's. Uh, it doesn't. To me, it, it doesn't come off as a white man's perspective. It comes from being realistic. I think if you're black and you're in this country, you can't wallow in self-pity. That's not what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wanted. That's not what Malcolm X wanted. That's not why Medgar Evers got assassinated. They wanted us to be better. And yeah, sometimes we do have to work twice as hard to get half of what some people get. But you know what? So what? Be it. But be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And I think some black people are just afraid. And when you're and, and the thing, too, and this is not just even about black people. You notice this about our culture, our generation, especially once people start being held accountable, they start acting a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth hurts. Truth hurts. And as a black person, I'm afraid to say some of these things because the African-American community is going to come at me. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. You know, it's start, it's time to raise discussion. I'm tired of seeing young black kids sag their pants. Hey, this is 2014. Let's go get a job. Let's let's put your pants to your waist. Let's get a job. You don't need to sell dope to ride the nicest cars. Mm-hmm. You can go to school, get educated, and become a doctor. Uh, like I said, HIV and cancer has not yet been discovered. Who's to say a black person can't do that? It's a, There's more than shooting a basketball and singing and being the next Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Those people were gifted in their in what they're in what they're doing but a lot of african americans still live in a false sense of hope that hey if i can put two words that rhymes together i can be a rapper let's go no it's a small percentage if you look at the nba right now to become a professional basketball player it's not even i forgot what the last number is but the last time i looked at it's like 0.4 percent of citizens in america playing the nba mm-hmm. then you got europeans coming over and they're still playing it too as well so there's more to sports. There's more than that life. Aspire to be better. Part of it is that there's a division in the black community. And I think the division is, you know, I hate to say it like this, but it's like people like me. And then there's certain people that are like, you know what? No, we still have, we still have struggles and adversities that we need to face. And I completely understand that. But it's 2014. The president is black. You know, there's more that we can still aspire. But if the president of this country can be black, there's no reason why I don't think black people can say, you know what, I need to look in the mirror and see what I need to do better for my culture, for my community, for my generation. There's no reason for that. And I, and I think that and I, I wholeheartedly believe this. And I understand, and I, I get where you guys are coming from, from it's all the stereotypes that are there. But to me, this is the biggest thing to me, is that these stereotypes are the ones that hurt the most. Because it's, 
And they're the ones that are always going to gleam the most because they're bad stereotypes. We're the ones that are selling drugs. We're the ones that aspire to only be like three or four things in life because we want to find money and success and fame and power so quickly. Uh, we're the ones that are killing each other. you know. And, and I told you guys this too. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that blacks are killing each other when we were the ones that couldn't sit at the CEO's tables for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to divide your own community when your community was excluded for so long? It just will never make sense to me. Um, why is it that we have to sell drugs so that we can make two ends meet? There are so many other ways. Yeah, is it hard? Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. We're coming from being slaves and being discriminated. We couldn't share water fountains with white people because they thought we were dirty. Like, it's going to be tough. But that doesn't give you the excuse to say, hey, you know what? We can't be held accountable. And that, you know, that was my whole, that was my whole thing about it. And, you know, I, some people on Twitter have already come after me, which is all right. You know, that's <laughs> fine. I don't mind that at all. It's my opinion. That's what it is to spark debate. And I think it's, it's a good debate to have. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, I agree with oh, such a long speech <laughs> with a lot of <laughs> yeah, what you was. said. Um, and I think it kind of comes off as uh, like airing dirty laundry. I know it's uh, something I can't think of what I'm even trying to think of, but um, there's some di- some discussion on some show that I was watching, and you know, oh Don Lemon when he said you know s- s- kind of reiterating what you said, and it's kind of I forgot he was on some show and he was talking about Love it. CNN, mm-hmm. and all that. And he was like, you know, it's kind of like you said, it is hard to hear the truth, and it's kind of like you know. Oh, don't say that. There's white people reading this too. Like, you know, we can say that in you know at the NAACP meeting, but you know, don't air our dirty laundry, Otis. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I just I like that analogy. <laughs> I really do. I do, I do kind of <laughs> see it as being oh, you're airing out the uh, dirty laundry. But I think it's good sometimes too that other people see what we have to deal with because it sparks debate with you know other races and say hey you know what sometimes what can we do to help what can we do to kill the stereotype now i don't think everyone thinks like that you know per se i don't but i do know that there are people that kind of are like you know what what can we seriously do to help you know and 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 things like that but i really do like that analogy um mm, i don't disagree with what you're saying i just I don't know people like that. Is I, I've, we've lived different experiences. Um, you know, our lives have been different, and like, there are no black people around me that I ever see making excuses. Yeah. And you know, um, I just, I there are people like that. I just, that's not something that I see. That's not something that I like. Who are these people? Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of how I feel. But I 100% understand what you're saying. Um, understand where you're coming from. And I don't know. Also, I feel like a little bit of it is people know what the perception is. There's a little bit of safety there, you know? Like um, I like we talked about with talking white or uh, sounding white and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like there's also, like where you talked about like a st- being divided and not united, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, that's something that we need to be like, hey, because I feel like part of that can go back to that was kind of trained in us whenever it was like slavery days or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, that does need to change. That's a problem. I 100% agree with you. Um, and I think that it shouldn't be, because I feel like there's still this perception also that, like, if you're trying to do better, if you're working, you know, really hard and trying to better yourself without doing any of the stereotypical things, I think also there's this kind of, like, perception that it's like, oh, well, you're just sucking up to the man or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? And it's just like, no, I want to put myself in a better circumstance. So, yeah. I don't know. There's two sides, m- multiple sides to everything. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's I, that's the way we're going to wrap this show. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, you know, that speaks in itself. We ended it with a bag, and I think that's going to always be the debate is what in the black community do you think needs to happen for change to happen? Is it yeah. that we need to look in the mirror, or is it that we need to, uh, you know, go a, go a different way about certain things and and you know there's always just different angles to to all these issues that we've talked well, we about we can do both though exactly uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. we can't yeah. change people's opinions but we can change our behavior yeah, and that's right. what i agree yeah. with what we you're can, saying completely yeah change how we do things but at the same time target the what has been in place to make those things mm-hmm. more you know common within ourselves so you know a lot of people like to uh, bring up this kind of false dilemma fallacy. Like, do we blame ourselves or do we blame the white people? We can do a little bit of both. Lay, there's yeah, lay the, the blame uh, on both. We can yeah. work together, people. There's work to be done. There definitely. is. There is definitely work to be done. And yeah. that's and that's what we wanted to do this month is to kind of highlight that is that there is work to be done. There are mm-hmm. still issues that are very prevalent even in 2014. Yeah. But for a community of culture, the black perspective, till next year probably. Or oh. if we can get Black History Year, we can uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can keep doing this. But uh, for Brandon Sams, Imani McGarrell, I am Otis Evagarl. And like I always tell you guys, we will see you next time. Well, Bye. we won't. But, but oh, <laughs> well, they won't. But, we, but I will. <laughs> I will. Tear. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>